we've been doing the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit today, and I, I want to kind of just give a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a story here today. It's from the, the book of John. I, uh, I'm going to tell you the story first, and then I'll tell you what the fruit of the Spirit is. Uh, Jesus is around a group of people, and it seems like wherever he goes, he has a bunch of guys that are continually criticizing him, continually challenging him, continually trying to trip him up, but continually trying to tell uh, them that they, they don't want anything that he's selling. And the only thing that he is offering is love, and they seem to have a problem with that. Anytime that somebody is offering love, inclusion, uh, acceptance, uh, respect for people, people get nervous about that, and some people want to actually close you down. And that's what Jesus was facing at this time. And so he's continually having this, this harsh rhetoric. He's continually having these, these people just kind of trying to out-yell him and out-talking and all that kind of stuff. And there's a scene that I love because it just it says that, that, uh, that Jesus was there and he's got these boobs around him. And... He's just doodling on the ground. And it doesn't even say what he's doodling. I'm guessing he's like most of us when we try to doodle. It's either the, the smiley face or the, the house, you know, with the steam coming out or, you know, things like that. But he's just doodling. And a bunch of guys come walking in. Actually, they don't even come walking in. They come running in and they come dragging this poor woman and they come dragging her into the center. And they tell Jesus, Aha! This person has been caught in adultery. This person's been caught in adultery. And according to the laws, according to our rules, according to our rights, we get to take our rocks and we get to pummel her until she's dead. What do you think of that? That's nice, isn't it? Imagine you're just doodling. How many people like to just doodle? And somebody comes in and they just want to, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're into art, other people want to get stoned. You just, all you got to do is just stay true to the art and you don't have to do that. But I also want to notice something here too. I, I want us to focus on, on, on the woman. Again, she's not given a name. The Bible, many parts of the Bible, uh, I, I believe, are inspired by God, written by men, okay? And men, at the time, weren't nice to women. And you had men in the Bible that had names. The women were just called, sometimes, woman. And that's something that is just wrong. And this woman deserves a name. She is dragged into this group. We don't even know if she is guilty. We don't know what they did to her. We don't know what they caught her in or if it was a subject of a rumor. We also don't know where the guy is. Sometimes it doesn't it take at least two to commit adultery. The guy is nowhere to be found. I'm guessing he's somewhere in the crowd there with a rock. Because he knows that he's a guy and he gets to get away with this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, the woman is just dragged into this room. You want to know about that trip, about the journey that it took from the moment that they grabbed her 
to the time that they brought her to Jesus. How long was that walk? A couple feet? Was it a couple of blocks? Did they actually catch her in an act of some sort? Or was she just, was she the subject of rumors? And they knew that Jesus was over here and they knew that they could trip him up with a challenge. So they just went and got this poor person and dragged her into this center here. We don't know. We don't know what the circumstances are. Just like in life, so many times we don't know what the circumstances are. But in this case, just like in life, there's a group of people that want to tell her story for her, about her, whether it's true or not. And they want to form an opinion. They want to uproot a bunch of fervor. They want to get people energized into hating this person so much that they're willing to throw rocks at her and kill her. Meanwhile, Jesus is doodling on the ground. Just doodling. You can see all this stuff around him. There's the people that were criticizing Jesus in the first place. There's the people that are spectators. There's the people that are uh, followers of Jesus. And suddenly this is just brought in this group of people, and they are yelling, and they are screaming, and they are dragging this poor person. And I don't care who she is or what she is, that had to have been a very frightening situation for this person. If it were me, I would be scared to death. I would be in tears. I may not know who Jesus is. I don't know the outcome of this. All I know is that somehow or another, I have been dragged into this circle where people want to kill me. I can imagine tears coming down my eyes. I can imagine shakiness. I can imagine just total feeling of helplessness. I can imagine feeling completely outcasted. I can imagine feeling like, where is the person that should also be here? I can imagine maybe feeling less than because I'm being treated less than. But I can imagine the fear because of all of these yelling voices surrounding me. And I can imagine feeling so small and terrified that I'm going to die. When people accused people back then, I don't think that they... I don't think they came in and just said, oh, by the way, uh, this person's got a thing there and we got these rocks. Uh, you know, uh, just kind of seeing what you want to do with it. You know, I've, I've brought this rock from home uh, and <laughs> just, I don't want to waste it if it's not, you know, because it's one of my favorite rocks. You know, I, my grandfather gave me this rock and it's such a favorite rock of mine. Uh, and uh, I just, my aim is not too good, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aim for the arm, I guess, because I, I don't, you know, but what do you think of this? People don't come in like that. They come in yelling, they come in screaming, they come in as an angry mob. We've seen those recently in our world. The angry mob, the angry mob accusing uh, people, whether they are innocent or not, accusing people of being less than, 
um, telling their story, whether we know it or not. And so you can just, I want you to just take a second and picture this. It is loud. It is obnoxious. There are people that are saying to Jesus, this person has been accused of this, but you can also know that there are other people that are doing the, you know, and just all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, you get a mob together, and that's one of the requirements is you have to just belt out dumb things. You know, just, oh, why? You know, and all that kind of stuff. And me, there's Jesus. He's got to throw him off a little bit, you know? Unless he's doodling the word shut up. <laughs> um, they've got to be kind of wondering why he's not yelling back, at least. Or why he's not jumping in. Oh, yeah, that is a thing. So grab your rocks. Join me. We try to paint Jesus to be quite a, a judgmental person these days, um, saying that he'll accept some, not accept others. Why wouldn't he grab the rock? But instead, he sits there and doodles. I'm still going to say it's probably a smiley face. And then he just says, really, really calmly, it's almost like the, the, the crowd was yelling so much and everything. The woman is crying. And they, his doodling caused them to all kind of stop. You know when you're waiting for that huge reaction from somebody, they don't give it to you? It kind of shuts you up for a little bit. And you're, you're kind of dumbfounded by why aren't you yelling back at least? Why, why aren't you getting as angry as we are? And so you can tell the crowd just kind of quiets down a little bit. And they're waiting and there's this pause, and Jesus just kind of feels this, and he just waits for this pause. And he just says, and I have a feeling that he says this even without looking up. Whichever one of you is without sin, let you cast the first stone. And right there, there's the guys that are just like ready for the, and it's like, hmm, that's... I actually stole this rock, so I'm out, you know. I mean, that's, um, how do you, you know, and there, you can tell that there's some that are like, you know, uh, you know, I imagine there's like one in the crowd that, you know, wanted to go like that, and it's like, no, Jed, I know what you've done. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, you were there. And so they all, you can picture the scene of them, them all kind of dropping their rocks, and they're all, they're walking away. And now that the, the, everything's over and everything, even the spectators are kind of dispersing because they're all trying to think about what that meant and they're seeing all of this kind of stuff. And, and sometimes as, as, as pastors and teachers and all this kind of stuff, in the story, that's where we stop because we say, they're hypocrites and that's the story there. Jesus is calling them for their behavior and all of that kind of stuff. But the one scene that makes so much, it means so much to me because I'm, I'm a... I'm a feeler. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a harmonizer person. I like peace and I like all that kind of stuff. And, and I can easily, when I read the stories in the Bible, I like to put myself into the situations of the people that I'm reading about. And I can easily put myself into the situation of this woman and know that I would be terrified 
know that I would feel all of these feelings less than and just nasty and unwanted and unloved and all of this kind of stuff. And so she's sitting there. And Jesus, this would be the moment where he could stand up and say, as a male, I protect you. You know? A lot of people, believe it or not, a lot of people actually look at that passage as, as men, we are to protect the women, you know? Um, I've met a lot of women, and they don't need our help. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people, they, they think that this is the scene, you know, where Jesus, you know, raises triumphantly and makes this big speech. But I still see him on the ground very gently, gently. It's not just the way we describe toilet paper. It's gently. I think that's the first time that he probably looks up and he makes eye contact with this woman. And he says, now I'm... I'm, I'm adding some dramatic license here, but I have a feeling that he even had a little smile to his face, a reassuring, gentle smile. And he just said, where are those that condemn you? And it might be for the first time that this woman, scared to death, first time she might have actually looked up. And she said, they're gone. And I think Jesus just very gently, maybe even taking her hand, says, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, the, the sin no more, a lot of us, we'd like to look at that and say, see, he called her on behavior. He knew that she was a thing and all this kind of stuff. Jesus is just keeping the theme. Remember, he just mentions everybody's a sinner. He just kind of said to that, so he's just continuing the theme of uh, you're just like, you're, you, are by, by, uh, you, you are not less than, we're all equal, okay? So he, he could have easily even said, uh, go and know that you're just like everybody else, that you're, you're part of this. And by that gentle, gentle statement, he welcomed her to the kingdom of heaven. By just saying, neither do I condemn you. Gently, in a time of fervor and yelling and all of this kind of stuff, a person that felt like they didn't matter, through a soft voice, walked away, maybe for the first time at least that day, knowing that she did. There are so many things that we can do gently. And guess what? That is the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. That is gentleness is the fruit of the Spirit. Just by knowing that we can be gentle. Because the world yells a lot. People yell a lot. Politicians yell a lot. People in mobs yell a lot. There is constantly yelling going on, and it's usually whoever is the loudest wins. It doesn't matter whether they're speaking truth or not. It's just the constant yelling. Paul is saying gentleness. It can be by a voice. It can be by an example. 
Years ago, I was a member of a church. This is before I became a pastor. And I just messed up another relationship with somebody. And I felt terrible. I was at probably one of my lowest points that I had ever been in my life. I felt like my life was just over. I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. And I found myself not even going to the church anymore because the last thing I wanted to face were people that called themselves Christians. And the reason I just didn't want to face them is because I didn't feel like I was belonging to that group anymore. And there was a time that I had to move out of a house and move into an apartment because I had screwed up again and I was feeling at my lowest. Kind of like the woman, I suppose. Uh, there, wasn't, there, were, there weren't people around me throwing rocks, but you know how in your head you can kind of tell yourself that you're that bad? I didn't even have anybody lined up really to help me move. Uh, I just had a, I, th I think I rented a, a, a U-Haul and I was just bringing stuff out. And the pastor of that church showed up. No questions asked. Just gently said, how can I help? Had his ball cap on. Ready to carry anything. Wasn't about talking about the things that were wrong. It wasn't talking about anything like that. It was just a gentle spirit. It was Brian. Brian Cotis. And in that moment, he welcomed me back to church. In that moment, he made me feel like somebody. All by that gentle spirit. Sad thing was, he, he couldn't lift for crap, but it was, I mean, <laughs> just two short people, like, how do I lift a couch? I have no idea what's going on here. Our gentle spirit, sometimes it's a voice, sometimes it's a behavior, sometimes it is just reaching out and just being there. And sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes that is the best fruit that we can have. And sometimes that is what it takes to bring us back. Question I have. How else can we all practice gentleness? I've given two examples there, but there are other ways that we can, in a world of loudness, there are ways we can be gentle. And with gentleness, there are ways that we can be more impactful than any strong voice. How 
can we be gentle? We'll take just 20 seconds to think about that. Ways in your life right now that you can do that. I, I hope that this week that we think a little bit about gentleness. Not just how we can be gentle to people, but how we can be gentle to ourselves. We tell ourselves some mean things sometimes, and we can be our own worst enemy. We don't need people circling around us with rocks. We do a lot of that ourselves. And I pray that this week we let the rocks drop and we allow ourselves to be our honest self. And we take the time to just nurture our gentle spirit. That's what it's all about. It's all about love. Gentle love. Love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Amen.